Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 43 of Think, Feel, Eat. I am Donna Reish, your host, your teacher, and your coach. So I'm so glad to be here presenting to you some a beginning of the year inspiration, I hope. I hope it's inspirational. It's inspirational to me because I am more inspired or motivated by active action steps than I am by theories or um, like platitudes and things like that. So that's the teacher in me. I want to teach. I want to give steps, you know, all that kind of thing. That is just, I just, that is just really me. So um, I want to talk to you about what you will really do in 2021 uh, for your weight management. And um, first of all, what we think we will do is usually not what we will really do. All right. And we know that this is true. There are so many things that we know are true because of past experiences, right? I'm not saying that your past has to dictate your future, but at the same time, we can learn from our past, right? And if there are things that we have done over and over and over again, or said that we would do over and over and over again, and we didn't do them, then there's a pretty good chance that we will not. And there, you know, is this whole problem of resolutions, right? Everybody makes New Year's resolutions. And I've written about that on the blog. I think it's called, um, there's an article there. I think it's called why resolutions with the word more and it will not work. And that article is actually about how our goals and our resolutions are, you know, the, the things that we plan to do, the changes we plan to make, whatever, how they have to be specific. And the word more is very vague, right? So that is more like about specificity, which specificity is another one of my favorite five syllable words. And that's super, super important. Specificity is very important in any goal. If you work with me one-on-one -on -one as a client, whether you're in time management or I got some young moms, whether you're in weight management, it specificity is going to come up. And regardless of which area of life you're trying to tweak and change and work on. And you can bet that when it comes up, I am going to tell you that it has five syllables. <laughs> so anyway, some things never change, right? So specificity is important. And that is why, you know, when you are thinking about your New Year's resolutions, I hope that you will apply today's teaching too. But when you are thinking about um, New Year's resolutions, that we don't say anything with the words more or less. So those would be things like, I will eat more fruits and vegetables. You know, what is more? I will yell at my kids less. What is less? <laughs> I will um, eat less sugar. What is less sugar? How much? You know, and that goes back to the SMART goals, right? That we've all heard about. Like, I don't think they were from Covey, but that type of, of those types of goals, you know, uh, man, measurable, specific, you know, all of those SMART, um, that goes back to those, those SMART goals. So definitely measurable is very important. And that does come into play in how well we keep our resolutions for sure. The statistics are gloom, right? Um, uh, they are gloomy. They are gloomy statistics. Uh, they are 92% gone by January 23rd or something. Um, uh, you know, 99% are gone by February 1st. Um, you know, half a percent 
of all people who make New Year's resolutions are still keeping them by the end of the year. It's, it's just really not good. It goes right along with the weight loss statistics, which are also not good. And they kind of go hand in hand, right? The reason we don't keep those resolutions, the reason it's 92% are gone by January 23rd, 99% by the 1st of February, the reason that is the case is the same reason that many of the uh, weight loss statistics like the weight loss registry, there is a, such a thing. There is a weight loss registry that actually um, has people sign up when they reach their, their goal. And then they keep track of that somehow. It's, it's some kind of a system. And they do that so that they can see how many people have kept off their weight. Well, the statistics were so poor. They were so bad. They were so low that they raised it and they did something, they tweaked it so that it wouldn't be so horrible. So instead of saying, I don't know exactly what the tweak was, um, I can't remember that part, but, but instead of saying, for example, that um, we uh, have lost to our goal weight and kept it off, they say something like we've lost to our goal weight and kept it off within 20 pounds or something like that. Because, because they didn't have any, they had so little percentage to work with. It was just horrible. So, and then you hear it all the time. 3% of the people lose their weight and keep it off. Half a percent lose their weight and keep it off. I mean, you know, these statistics over here are gloomy. These statistics over here for New Year's resolutions are gloomy. And guess what? They have a ton to do with each other. Both of them have to do with each other. Um, I'm gonna write that down real quick. What they have to do with each other is that we are doing both of them, our resolutions and our weight loss, we are doing both of them in unsustainable ways. That's what they have in common. They have in common that they are both like too big, too grandiose, too, unmade, too undoable, too uh, uh, sustainable right? Both of them, the New Year's resolutions and also whatever it took to get down to our weight. I think back to the first time I lost hundred pounds um, and I did lose down to a very, very small size. I was um, probably 30 pounds smaller than I am now and two sizes smaller. I think I was in a six. So I was not in a 10, I was down to a six and I was probably 30 pounds smaller. That's kind of how it went. I wasn't doing a ton of strength training then. I was mostly doing cardio and um, low impact too. And I think I was pretty much at like 15 pounds per size at that time. Um, now I can go down a size faster because of strength training. Like I can go down a size in 10 pounds rather than in, rather than in 15. But at the time that I lost that 100 pounds, it was incredibly unsustainable. I mean, incredibly, I probably worked out I walked with my kids in a little in a little wagon, two hours, at least five days a week. I worked out like with Jane Fonda videos and uh, Denise Austin, do it with Denise, all of these different workout videos and um, rubber bands and stepper. That was kind of what I did then because it was um, 40, it was 30, 25 years ago, 25 years ago, but it was, that was all unsustainable. My food was completely unsustainable because I rarely ate any fat. And um, 
I ate like 800 calories a day by the time it was all said and done. So that was unsustainable. So our resolutions are the same way as our, what we took to, what we did to get down to our weight loss normally. All right. So there are two reasons why, um, two other problems besides a measurable thing. <laughs> There's so many problems with our goal setting, right? And you hear me talk about it all the time, you know, that we can't be in self-integrity. We cannot do what we say we're going to do if we make it so big that we can't start having any success, right? It has to be small enough that we can have some success and then build on that success and build on that success and build on that success. And, you know, I think about my 10 year journey to my to lose hundred pounds, because let's face it, it was like, 10 or 12 years for the first 50 and then two years for the last 50 and uh, three years for the last 50 and my husband well two years prior to this last year this last year was mostly maintenance and my husband lost 120 in two years and then his last seven or eight months have been maintenance too so what we have done though has been like tiny little incremental changes all along the way. And people say, well, I don't want to go that slow. You know, I don't want to lose weight that slowly. I want it to happen fast. And that's great. If you can lose weight fast, then you can do all the sustainable systems to maintain it. Right. I, I mean, if somebody came to me and they had just lost 50 pounds, you know, having their jaw wired shut or something really, really crazy like that, or um, you know, like maybe like a, a, a surgery, like a sleeve or something, or maybe a liquid diet, you know, something that's like really, really fast. And they lost, you know, like 40 pounds in three months or something like that. And they came to me and they said, now I want you to coach me and make me into it, make this into a sustainable lifestyle for me. I could totally do that. Right. I, I, I would, oh my word, I want that to happen. <laughs> I do love challenges. Um, so you can, right? You can do that. But you, if you got too low in your weight and you can't make the lifestyle changes to sustain it, then you're going to have a problem, right? So anyway, back to the other two problems besides the problem of um, the first problem of the more and the uh, vagueness. Okay, no vagueness. But the other two problems. We have, when we make uh, resolutions, we have um, these long lists of things that we want to do, right? So when we set out to lose weight, we don't just say, um, you know, I'm going to do keto or I'm going to do low fat or I'm going to do Weight Watchers or whatever and lose, lose X amount of pounds. What do we also say? We have a long list, right? We have this list of I'm going to do keto. I am going off of sugar. I am um, doing, I'm working out an hour a day at the Y before work at 4.30 in the morning. Um, I'm drinking X number of glasses of water. I'm taking these supplements. I am uh, not eating out. I am doing food prep. I am doing X amount of put, X number of push-ups. Um, I am eating no red meat, but yeah, we're on keto. <laughs> Okay, so whatever it might be, right? And it's a huge long list, right? And research shows that we can rarely ever do a whole list of new things. I mean, just just never. It just doesn't happen. Actually, when we get above three or four, research is, sh show, research is showing that um, 
we just we just simply can't. We we what happens is we spin in confusion and we have this decision fatigue going on because we are uh, making ourselves have so many new decisions every day that we can't sustain those decisions. And so, you know, then also willpower episodes number 1661 of weight loss lifestyle that shows us too, that we can't, we don't have the willpower for that. We do not have the willpower for five, six, eight, 10, 12 different new year's decisions. We just don't have that kind of willpower to, um, to make that happen. And then the decision fatigue sets in, you know, we, we make jokes about Barack Obama wearing the same suit all the time, or um, who was it who wore the same tees all the time? Oh, are the same turtleneck, uh, Steve Jobs. You know, there are people, I, I, was, I was always teasing my sister about eating the same thing every day for lunch. And, and I like, if it was, if we were talking on the phone and it was like morning snack time or afternoon snack time, this was before she started fasting, morning snack time, afternoon snack time or lunch time, I would always, you know, tell her what she was eating and laugh at her and stuff like that. But a lot of people have a lot of success with weight loss, eating the same thing all the time. One of my clients said, I just want to come up with a 300 calorie shake that I can open my eating window with, eat every single day, along with some cheese and crackers, call it a 500 calorie lunch and be done. And I was like, go for it, right? If that is how you roll. That's not how I roll because I get bored easily. I have to have a lot of, um, and, th and this is more guys just knowing ourselves. Like, how did I know as soon as she said that, that, that it might work for her because I know what she was saying is that that she doesn't like facing the decisions. She overeats when she has too many choices, da, 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 da. How did I know that that might work for her, but I knew it would never work for me? First of all, we have a tendency not to say that. We have a tendency to say, oh, this works for them, so it'll work for me. We have a tendency to think that something either works or it doesn't work. And that isn't true. Something can work at this time for this person, but not work for me. It can work at this time for this person, but not work for this person, the same person a year later, right? We change. Life is ever changing all the time. But I knew as soon as she said that, that that wouldn't be me, right? So knowing ourselves is huge in making our choices. That's not even one of the two, but this long list. So we do, we have the decision fatigue. We have the, um, lack of willpower. And I taught about that. We do not have the willpower to sustain that. And that's one of the beauties of timed eating. I've mentioned this many times before in episodes, that one of the beauties of timed eating is that once our body's regulated, like I know that I don't have to make any decisions about food from the time I get up until 12, one, two, or three, it depends on what time I'm fat. I'm rarely 12 until one, two, or three. Um, because my body's regulated and it knows I'm not eating. I have my clock hunger repositioned, right? And so I had no decision-making during time. During that time, actually, you think about from 7 a.m. until 1 p.m., the average person has already had to make decisions about breakfast, what to put in their coffee or their tea or whatever they're, they're making, you know, cream, cream or sugar or whatever that might be. Their stop at Starbucks on the way to work a morning snack and lunch. I mean, the average person has already had to use willpower three, four, five, six times while I have used none from 8 a.m. and from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. 
I've used no willpower whatsoever. Isn't that so cool? People do not talk about that with intermittent fasting a lot. You know, they have a tendency to focus on the fat, the fat burning, which is true, right? That your body burns fat when you don't have any circulating glucose in there. So that's true. Your body burns fat when you're in a deficit. Your body burns fat when you work out, like in a hit situation or a strength training situation. Your body burns body fat when you're intermittent fasting if you have nothing circulating anymore. All of those scenarios are potentials for nothing circulating, right? Intermittent fasting is not magic and that is the only way to burn body fat. And we know this is true because we've seen people all the time who eat six meals a day, six meals and snacks a day and lose a lot of weight. Right. We know that's not true. They're in a deficit. They're doing other things. You can put your body into positions to burn fat. Intermittent fasting is just one of those. But my favorite thing about intermittent fasting isn't even that because I love because I really, really rely way more heavily on my deficit for fat loss than I do um, in intermittent fasting. My my favorite thing, two of my favorite thing about intermittent fasting is that I don't use any willpower all during that time. And I have narrowed my food down to the six or seven hour period, five, six, seven hours, rare occasions, eight hours, but usually five or six or seven hour period of time. I've narrowed my food down. And since I'm creating a deficit, trying all the time to create a deficit, because that's the only way I'm going to lose weight is to create a caloric deficit, to create a food intake deficit. Because I am creating this deficit, I only have the six hours to stretch it out, seven hours that my food is, is, falls in. So it's way easier to create the deficit. Okay, so our list is too long, right? I got off on a lot of tangents, didn't I? <laughs> This is what I get for making a sketch outline, right? I mean, I have an outline, you know me, I always have outlines. Okay, I have outlines, but it's not as thorough as, as some other times. Um, and I get off on bunny trails a lot, don't I? <laughs> okay, anyway, hopefully those bunny trails benefited you. So the list is too long, guys. It's way, 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 way too long. The second thing that is a problem with these things that we will do and we will not do is that there are things on there that we have never successfully done. All right, raise your hand if this is true. Be honest. I'm looking out, counting the hands. All right, be honest about this, guys. We are saying things that we've never done successfully, that we've never, that we've never been able to sustain, that we've never liked. We are putting things on that list that we do not like. It's really funny because I've been working on my food protocol. This is my food protocol. I'm working on my food protocol. And I have um, like ways that I get, like things that I do after a long weekend or after a lot of partying with the family, after this weekend of getting together with some family members, things like that for holidays, after last weekend of getting together with family members, after Ray and I go away for a long weekend, which we haven't done forever and ever and ever. But... 2021. So after these times, I go into one of two modes. I go into a keto mode or I go into a very, very, very low fat mode. And I do one of these two things, not because they're magically going to make me lose weight, because anything that puts me in a deficit will help me lose weight. I do them because they just like take my cravings down. 
you're just like, it, in that way, I would say this, these really are magic. So I have on my reset list, uh, basically what I call my Weight Watchers Blue Plus. And it is just the Weight Watchers Blue Food List. And you can find that in the freebies at DonnaReach.com uh, forward slash freebies. And it's the Weight Watchers Blue List, which is basically all fat-proof free foods, plus potatoes and low, some other low-fat meats and some sugar-free things. Bam. Short list of foods. Just, this is what I'm eating for three days. This is what I'm eating for three days. I'm going to, this is, and then all of a sudden, the world is right again. My cravings are gone. My uh, desire, you know how, and I have a new uh, article coming up about this. I can't remember what it's called. It's called how, how to, oh, how we slide into surplus eating and how we slide out, how we jump out. It's called how we, anyway. And then the other one is keto. And it is the same idea, just like taking out carbs. I don't like the keto one as much because it doesn't have apples and bananas and strawberries and watermelon and potatoes and corn in it. Um, but I, I do both just for re reset. But when I think about the things that I, that I wouldn't do before, okay, things that I would not do before and what makes me think that I will do them now, I think about this whole concept of um, of keto or very low fat because I've been on keto before, lost some weight on it. I've been on very low fat, lost 100 pounds on it. Um, and when I think about making that my protocol for 2021 and just really going at it with one of those two protocols, I just automatically think I could never do that again. I could never do that again. I could never do that forever. I don't, I don't like those foods that much. I don't like those foods well enough to do that forever. And so this number two, things that we wouldn't do before, I think it's really important. It goes back to knowing yourself. Like I know I am not making a smoothie for lunch because I don't like smoothies that much. I don't like making a mess. I made so many messes raising a big family. I don't like blenders. I don't like immersion blenders. I don't like food processors. I already did all that. <laughs> I think when you have seven kids and you raise a family of nine on one income and you cook from scratch for so many years that all of a sudden things, you don't want to do those things again. Those, I mean, you don't want to do the not that you don't want to have kids, but I mean, you don't want to do all the messes and stuff again. So that's just not going to be me. And I know that. So you need to know what's you, what will you do in the coming year to lose weight? Now I have a list of a few things here. Um, and that I will do, that I know I will do. And I just want to tell you a few of them because I don't want to go over my 30 minutes because I'm New Year's resolution to stay at 30 minutes. I think I started at 410, so um, technical difficulties. And that is number one, count calories. I know I will do this. I, I know I will do this. Some of you will be like, I'm not counting calories. 
that that's not what I'm doing. I don't want to do it. I've done it before. I didn't like it. It's cumbersome. I don't want to do it. Right? But we have to know what we will do. I know that I will not stay on keto. I know that I will not stay on 30 grams of fat a day for low fat. I know I won't. I know that those are good for me for controlling my cravings and getting a handle on that, but I won't do that forever. But I know I will do this. I know that I will count calories to keep track of my deficit slash surplus slash slash balance. I know I will do it um, because I did it successfully a lot in the last several months, right? It really, really, I mean, you know, when everybody else was all through COVID, gaining back, gaining weight, gaining back what they had lost and even gaining, you know, weight that they hadn't just lost, Ray and I both maintained our weight loss during those months even though it was new weight loss, because new weight loss is really, really hard to maintain, right? Even though it was new weight loss, you know, come March, we just buckled down. We just, we, we did not lose, but we did not gain, right? And it was because of the, because I started calorie counting along with my intermittent fasting and all of my thought work and everything. So I know that's not something I will do, but what will you do? right? Number, um, well, number one is cal counting calories, but it really, um, it could be really any way of keeping track of your food, any way of planning your food. So for me, that's calorie counting. That is getting up in the morning and that's going into my fitness pal and it's putting in my food for the day. And it is, you know, knowing what I'm going to eat and knowing the times I'm going to eat that is the first thing that I know I will do because I've already done it and I, and I like it and it works for me. The second thing that I will do is use timed eating, right? I already told you those benefits from IF. I've had, we had a lot of gals in the drop eight pounds Christmas challenge who prior to coming into the challenge, they had not been intermittent fasters. And they were like, I never thought that I would be able to do intermittent fasting. And I think it's because of the way it's presented so many times is that it's presented as this really difficult thing that, that you have to just starve and starve and starve. And you can't eat until dinner every night and all day long, you don't eat. And the beauty of intermittent fasting is that it's completely, um, completely adjustable, customizable to you, right? So for me, I make my plan every day in the morning and then the other, the next two are, of course, I'm drinking my water and sleeping. And I'm just going to bring up the chart. I want to share this with you in case you haven't seen it yet. Um, this is free and it is a journaling sheet. The whole packet is free, but this, this is what I recommend you print off. Um, 30 per month, and you just keep track. Decide your food ahead of time. Food number one, meal or snack, food in amounts, food number two. And even over here, then you can put your times or you can put your times over here and how much you're gonna sleep and how much you're going to drink, okay? Now, when I set out to do this first four, when I set out to tell you what things I know I will do in the coming year, I put the, those four things down, calorie counting, which for me is just planning my food and time eating and drinking water and sleeping. And it was like, ah, that's the first four. And it was an accident. 
Can you believe it? It was an accident. I didn't mean to put it down there um, like as the first four, like to teach about it. It just really was the first four things that I put down that I knew I would do. And we know what we will do because it's what we've done before, right? Now, if you've listened to my self-integrity teaching and my table of contents is over there, uh, but I will put it in the show notes, the, ta- the self, uh, self-integrity teaching, um, you'll see it in my notes. The self-integrity teaching is that we will be self-integrous that is, we'll do what we say we're going to do if we make it easy enough to do it. All right. So I know I will do those first four. All right. The next thing that I know I will do is strength train three one-hour sessions per week. I know that this, I know that I will do this because I have worked up to it. 2019 was my year of self-integrity around working out. I went to the Y five days a week for 20 minutes each time and did machines, came home. The next day, did it again and did it again and did it again. I didn't build a ton of muscle. I wasn't burning a lot of calories. I did that because at the end of 2019, I wanted to, t- to show myself that I would do what I said I would do. I wanted to show myself that I would do what is five times 52, 250 workouts with machines at the Y. Bam. And I did that. So then the next year in 2020, once the Y opened back up again, my daughter and I started going and I built on what I had already established. 2019 was my year of self-integrity around strength training. 2020, was my year of strength training, right? Let me show you my muscles here. Yeah, I'm getting pretty strong, actually. I'm very happy about that. Uh, increasing my weight all the time. Three one-hour workouts, because I know we will. I know I'll do them. My daughter and I, we have a pact. We do go together. She leads the. She leads it. So funny when we first started going, I led it, um, because she had never done machines before. And I was so proud to show my daughter the machines and all this. And I was, and we were so neck and neck at first on our strength. And then her 30 year old body just went boom, right around me. So um, anyway, but I'm happy for her, um, even if she is stronger than I am. <laughs> so I know I will do this because I've proven to myself that I will. I, this list of things that I will do, they're not like a new list of everything that I will do. They are a list of things that I'm either building on that I already have accomplished or they're continuations. And they started as little tiny things and then they grew. And again, people don't want to do that, right? We want the big, we want the grandeur. We want the, you know, the knock your socks off type of, you know, accomplishments. But I'm here to say that the knock your socks off, grandeur, huka manga, jaw-dropping accomplishments come from the little things that we build on and we build on and we build on. And it's being able to just do that 20 minutes, five days a week, no matter what, even small weights. Just being able to do that and making that a standalone goal without so many other things attached to it right? We're worse than the government. We want to attach everything to to it to get a bill passed, right? We want to attach and attach and attach. 
when in reality, just that little thing is going to move the needle. And then the next little thing is going to move the needle. And the next little thing is going to move the needle. Then I want to do low impact cardio three times a week for a minimum of 30 minutes. And again, I've been working on this. That's, I turned that down on my iPad too. That I've been working on this already, right? I, you can't see it. I can turn my camera around. I have my mini tramp because right now I'm not going to the Y. So my daughter and I are doing our 60 minutes of strength training together on with uh, beach body videos that she has. And then I'm doing my 30 minutes of cardio three times a week here. And it starts right here beside me in the dining room with six minutes of swing dancing with Ray Baby. And then I move to the living room and I get on my mini tramp and I have make up a little routine as I go because I get bored easily. So it's six and then it's six and then it's six on the stepper and then it's six on the wall. Um, that's four times six, that's 24. Uh, wall step, wall, um, wall sits and lunges and things like that. And then it's six minutes on the floor with planking and push-ups and things. Um, because I know what I'll do. I know myself. I know that I'm not going to be on a stepper for, for 30 or 60 minutes. I know I'm not going to be on a mini tramp for 30 or 60 minutes. I could definitely dance for 30 or 60 minutes, <laughs> but um, I know what I'll do. So I'm building that up gradually. I have a plan. It's so specific, so specific. I mean, that was pretty specific, right? Six minutes dancing, six minutes mini tramp, six minutes, right? And sometimes I even give myself permission to break it up into three 10 minutes because I get bored, right? Because I know what I'll do. I know exactly what I'll do. Next is continue. Notice it says continue to work on my sugar plan. And I taught about that in Think, Feel, Eat episode number 40 until I have my sugar down to a level that I can still enjoy certain foods, but it doesn't control me so much. And right now in this list, it says continue to work on this, but in real life, that's a very specific sugar plan. Like it is very, very specific of what I will do. So I have a few more things um, that I'm willing to do, but I wanna leave you with this. And that is that if you don't wanna be one of those January 23rd people, then make a list of what you want to do for January, two or three items. Then make a list of what you want to do for February, two or three items. Then make a list of what you want to do for March, two or three items, right? And do those things. Don't worry about losing five pounds the first week of January. Don't worry about weighing a certain weight by March 1st. Do the things that you'll do for the rest of your life. I've talked about this before too. My husband and I look at each other and say, what do we have to do to lose 220 pounds together? What do we have to change? Everything. And, and that's a bit of a stretch, right? Because we're getting ready to have some festivities with our kids here and there. And, um, you know, COVID changes everything. But we're getting ready to have some festivities with some of our kids. And we're still eating goodies at those. And I'll still have pie, right? So it's not like, but our daily lives have changed drastically, and they have changed drastically through incremental tiny changes. So make your goals um, very specific. Don't make your list so long that you can't begin to do it. 
and don't put something on there that you know you won't do, something that you hate, all the foods you don't like, all of those things, don't do those, right? Don't put those on there because if, it, if you didn't stay on it before, then you probably won't stay on it now either, right? Like I cannot see myself ever going back to baking with almond flour. For one thing, it's so calorie dense to bake a lot with almond flour. For me, you know, maybe you have it all figured out and it works for you and you still lose with it. But for me, it's way too calorie dense for me to bake with almond flour. But the main reason that I won't bake with almond flour ever again is because I don't like it. So I'm not going to kid myself into thinking I'm going to make keto almond flour baked desserts. I'm not doing it. So I'm being realistic and honest. Now, are there other sugar-free things that I like? Yes. And um, you actually, I've been teaching about that in the Drop 8 Pounds group. But also that is in episode number 40 also in the um, uh, can sugar cause me to lose, can giving up sugar cause me to lose weight. Thank you so much for joining me in Think, Fill, Eat episode number 43. I would love to work with you one-on-one in the coming year. I have a special until January 15th. So as long as you have your free consult before January 15th, then you can get in on the 25% off coaching packages that I have available for the coming year. They are 16 week packages and um, getting some rave reviews from my first ones. I started in March and May with taking clients. So my first ones are finishing their uh, packages. Thank you to those of you who have written such rave reviews. I'm excited about sharing those with people. Um, But yeah, we have a free consult hop on with me for 30 minutes and see if you think that I can help you. And then, like I said, the packages are on sale until January 15th. So I want to wish you all a very, very happy new year, smart goals in the coming year, incremental changes, doing the things that you know you will do. Thanks again for joining me.